0: Your host Beth Ann.
1: And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. It is the end of another week and the end of another month. I can't hardly believe it. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. We have much to be thankful for. Most gracious Heavenly Father, for such a time as this, we bow before you again as we close out a week with CSC Talk Radio. But Father, we thank you, we praise you and we thank you for the God that you are. We thank you for seeing us through this week, for the blessings you have given us, for the encouragement, and Father, we just thank you for your forgiveness, for loving us so much that you provide a way that we can be with you for eternity. And that we can be safer here on in this old world if we just obey your laws. They aren't a bunch of don'ts. They're a bunch of do this and you'll do better. A better way. We ask for your protection, Father, over this nation, over the leaders. We ask that you will direct them. Somehow, some way, Father. Place before them godly counsel, counsel. That they might turn away from the wickedness that they are placing into this nation. Protect you the remnant of your believers that are here, Lord. Make us a bold people. Not so timid that we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. But that we will reach out in love. And share you with them. For you are the answer to all the problems. Sin has entered into this nation in a big way because we have forgotten our God. Guide us, Father. Continue to use CSE Talk Radio. Help me to make those contacts that I need to make. Lead me to the right ones. Who see the vision that I see. And who see the great need for this nation that I see. For I know, Father, your people are the answer because you are the answer. And I know rule America. The very ones that are under attack are the ones who will bring America back. Bring America home. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just as I was trying to finish up what I was doing, one of my listeners sent me a message, in case you haven't seen this. And they know that I like to watch old westerns, and Johnny Crawford died at the age of 75. And if you wonder who that is, that was the little boy on the rifleman. was a rifleman's son. Johnny Crawford was one of the original musketeers who starred as the young son of the Civil War veteran portrayed by Chuck Connors on the 1958-63, <clears throat> I thought it was longer than that, ABC series, The Rifleman. And he died, and it was announced. He was 75 years old. He's, uh, it goes on in this article, it says, that and the fact that there were always, a, there was, he was talking about his role, There was always a lesson at the end of every episode. Really, it's such a wholesome show. A healthy show. Yeah, we don't see those too many today. Not too many of them. And Chuck was so perfect, you know. I still miss him. He died back in 1992. He was unique. I'll never meet another, anybody else like him again. He tried to be a good influence for me, even off camera. And he treated me like an adult when we were working. He made it much easier than it might have been. He was a lot of fun. He goes on and says, I was a has-been at nine in 18, in 1982. I told my agent that I would have worked for Disney for nothing. And that's when she told me that I was working for them for nothing. You know, it's a different world, isn't it, than what it was. Survivors include his wife, a high school sweetheart, Charlotte Samco, whom he married in 1995, and his brother, Johnny. From the Rifleman, we've lost another good one. Well, as a mother, which I thought was kind of unusual that that would pop up just as, before, I mean, it was after I'd even started writing this. But as a mother raising a large family, I had five sons, as you know. Children tend to overreact. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Whether it's a boo-boo or or a, a spat over a toy or their space, they will overreact. I have a grandson. He's much better now. But when he was little, if he just got a little cut, he'd go, "I'm dying! I'm dying!" He overreacted. And teenagers, oh my gosh. Each crisis is the end of the world. Each punishment, each grounding, and you ruin their lives. I'd be a rich woman if I had a dollar for every time my son thought I ruined their lives. What was I thinking? Making them finish homework before they did something else. Maybe they're... Maybe we're all born Democrats until until we enter the world of reality. And it would seem, though, today that many never have entered that world of a reality or grown to that point. And thus we have the Democrat Party of politicians in general, some days, all of them, who believe each crisis must be dealt with by trillions of dollars or the world will end. Hyperbole is when you use language to exa- exaggerate what you mean or emphasize a point. It often is used to make something sound much bigger and better than it actually is, or much worse, or to make it something sound much more dramatic. <laughs> the Democratic Communist Party, which is actually on a mission to destroy the American Constitutional Republic, uses hyperbole on a regular basis. We believe in truth, not facts. That's coming from the era of my truth, your truth. Facts don't really matter, really. They ignore reality, science, and data, and focus on a single instance to create the illusion of a crisis. Like teenagers, where that one moment, one event they want is all that matters, and if they don't get it, you've ruined their life. <laughs> They go the teenage route as exaggerations come. You've ruined my life. The world will end in ten years, twelve years. Maybe we're down to eight or nine. I don't know what we're down to. But the prediction started twenty years ago, and not one has been true. Will America wake up and understand that? That the hyperbole is nothing more than lies and theater? To woo you into something? You know... Our police, I don't like the word cops. When I was little, that was considered disrespectful. I don't like the word cops, but they use it all the time today. I like the word police. They don't get up every morning and think about who they're going to shoot. And they aren't all racist, out to destroy the black race. Margaret Sanger now, on the other hand, actually said she was. Think about that. Don't get me wrong. January 6th was an awful event. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. But truly, it was not the worst thing in America since the Civil War. Come on, man. We have racists in this country who hate a person because of skin color, regardless of the color, because of where they are, because of their jobs, because of their wealth, because of their uh, maybe not wealth, because of lots of things. But as a country and as a nation, we are not systemically racist. In fact, we are the only nation with an Emancipation Proclamation. We've allowed the hyperbole of the left to influence us away from reality and common sense. Let's get it back. Let's go back to reality. Let's go back to loving one another. Let's go back. Let's bring America home. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Adam. We'll be right back. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart... Set your table with Liberty, the new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance. High quality work and high quality 1810 stainless American steel. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom from a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGS Coin. We have your charge listening to CSE Talk Radio. We have Daniel with us to give us our weekly report and get us all riled up before the weekend. <laughs> How you doing, Daniel? <laughs> Hopefully not today. <laughs>
2: Just good things to report about. I look forward to that day, Beth Ann, but uh, mm. it's not happening anytime. It's not soon. today. <laughs> it's not yeah. today. What's going on? Well, you know, I don't know if you uh watched our, our uh, White House occupier give that address to Congress the other night. Oh yes, um, I watched it. And yeah, I didn't. You know, I felt I had to because it's part of my job. As I, I it is part of your job, right? We have to talk about it and be willing to to, to suffer through those types of speeches. Um, and a couple things I'm, that I'm truly marvelled at about the speech was the room. Fully vaccinated people, all wearing masks and social with <laughs> to, to the American people, right? It says this is terrible <laughs> so, Because if you get it, you still have to. Wear it. So it, it's very bad anti science message. The real it concern is. I have.
1: And you know sorry? something else that I noticed?
2: were yeah,
1: somebody was t- talking about those masks, that they were handing them out to them as they came in. And, of course, in his speech, he's talking about made in America, but every one of the masks they hand out were made in China.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, um, yeah, and, but what really struck me from, obviously, the energy perspective is just this perpetual um Misinformation, lie, liberal agenda, campaign. This this idea that we are that the only solution is Joe Biden and government spending. So he talks about when he talks when it comes to uh, obviously coping with the economy, but when it comes to energy, just this constant push of uh, we're destroying the planet. We have this very limited amount of time. And the only solution seems to be huge, huge amounts of money transferred to China to buy their wind turbines and solar panels, and 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 we're supposed to just accept this face value. There's not a discussion. There's not a conversation about the science. Uh, it's just a flat out. The, the world is dying. We're killing it. And the only solution <laughs> is big government, green, and and. And then, if you don't believe that, it's kind of like wear your mask. If you don't believe that, shame on you. You're not allowed to be part of the conversation.
1: You yeah, know, and and uh, I started my show out with the uh, hyperbole. The, w- the rhetoric that they constantly throw at us, and it's over exaggerated, just like teenagers over exaggerate. You didn't do that with your mom, did you? No. You know, if she told never. you to do something or you couldn't do something, then you just, she ruined your life, you know. She ruined your life. Life was just gonna end right then. And that's what they're always telling us, and their solution is money. Money is their solution. If you throw money at, at everything, it'll fix it all. They know it's not true. They know it's going to break this nation, and, you know, for Biden to get up there and say January 6th was the worst thing since the Civil War. Has he forgotten the thousands of people we lost in 9-11? Has he forgotten what happened at Pearl Harbor? Did he forget what happened last summer all across this nation where they were burning buildings down and shooting people and killing people and stealing things? And Did they forget all of that?
2: yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it says uh, it's, it's how everything was positioned and and positive posited to the American people, and and that's another great example of it. Um, you have to believe that what happened on January sixth was the in, in modern history, um, yeah. and that it, it almost succeeded, right? They make it sound like there was almost a revolution, and we barely hung on, uh, but but <laughs> the bravery of the members of Congress, you know, they would have taken over. That they make it look like uh, you know the the invasion of of Tiananmen Square, but right, um, and not just a bunch of people on the Capitol. But of course, the uh, people who did some and got violent.
1: Well, in Tiananmen Square, if I remember correctly, I was just pretty young then. But if I remember correctly, the government shot a bunch of youngsters.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and
1: on January sixth, it was a uh, not a government official, but a Capitol Police that shot an unarmed woman, and that was the one that was yes. killed in there. That was the only one that was killed. There was no there was no armed insurrection. As Kimmel tried to again say, I watched Kimmel. I never watched that stuff, but Mike Lindell was on it this week, and so I watched it to support Mike. And once again, the armed insurrection. Well, they all had arms, you know, like in. Phalanges with fingers on the end of them and stuff, you know. But, yeah, they all because <laughs> none of them had a weapon.
2: Yeah, and and, and this is uh, what the very well is that it takes of ideas and speech and they insert it repetitively into lexicon and into the vernacular and into conversations and then. To rip it. and so you have people say, "Well, this place six. just like you have people say, uh, "You know, the the company migrant children." You say, mean <laughs> "You mean the legal migrant?" No, just you call it something else, and the existence And a lot of young people just parrot those words because they've heard it enough that they just absorb it as part of their vocabulary.
1: You know, I wish the American people, and I was speaking to Beth as well, would actually read some of the laws that that uh, we have in place over immigration and over some of the other things. But it was back in the Carter day, that they started changing that language and they weren't allowed to call them illegal aliens anymore and then of course Biden emphasized it again you know they're going to they're going to attack us over our language which is our first amendment they're going to attack us over our our beliefs which is also the first amendment and they want to attack us over our our second amendment you know telling us that uh, that amendment that no amendment is sacred no amendment is uh, is uh, to be held as it is forever, you know. And so we're in we're a problem, and I think the American people have got to start educating themselves. Oh, we, I think we just lost Daniel. We had a little trouble there on his phone, and we lost him. But what I'm going to say here is that we all, and I'm including Beth, We need to read these things. We need to understand what these laws are having to do with immigration, having to do with our land, having to do with so many things that affect us where we are. For a president to get up in front of America and tell us that January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened is is hypothetical what do you call it, hyperbole, because it isn't true. Hyperbole exaggerates. There's no truth in what he said. Well, I didn't see Pelosi ripping anything up. Did you? She didn't tear anything up. I have, I have some statistics here with the people that were really going after the president after he said that, um, and how many people were killed, You know, what was it, 3,000 Americans died on 9-11? 3,000 Americans died on 9-11. And yet he claims that the insurrection, (laughs) which was not armed, there was no one with arms other than the security and the Capitol Police that entered that building. Now, I don't believe they should have done it, not as they did, but the American people had every right to be there. This is America. And when Joe Biden says that the government is the people, he's got that backwards. We the people established a constitution that these elected officials are supposed to follow. And they are not following it. And for him to get up and tell us that there is no amendment that's sacred, that can, can't be monkeyed with by them, because, like, they own it? No. You own it. The American people own it. We the people, not they the people. They are elected. They work for us. They're not supposed to be in D.C. dictating over us. And what a shame it is if it was true, and, and one of the Republicans claimed that it was. I don't know if it was or not because I wasn't there. But every one of the masks that they handed out were made in China. Well, I guess that was one place they thought they could cut back on the tax dollars so they didn't spend extra money on, on better masks. They just got those little paper things made in China, which do no good. We're headed into a break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. You in charge. You're listening to CSU South Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, I got this story this morning from two different places. <clears throat> but I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, coming from rural America. I live in a little town in mid-Missouri that back in the day, I'm certain, just about everyone had a chicken in the yard. But the demand for fried chicken in the U.S. has resulted in a shortage. An American institution is in danger. That is fried chicken. What will all the Baptist preachers do? What will they do? (laughs) It says the popular demand for fried chicken has caused such a stir lately that America is starting to run low. According to the Twitter of Bojangles, a North Carolina-based chicken and biscuits chain, when a customer tweeted out that the restaurant was out of Supremes, a four-piece fried chicken combo, Bojangles replied and said we're experiencing a system-wide shortage, but they will be back soon. Chicken is popular in the United States. After Popeyes introduced a chicken sandwich back in 2019, the demand caused the chain to sell out in weeks. The frenzy for chicken has since spread to chains including McDonald's and KFC, both owned by Yummy Brands Incorporated. I'm sorry, Yum Brands. Brands, according to the Adige, Yum CEO. Dave Gibbs said Wednesday, Demand for the new sandwich has been so strong that coupled with general tightening in domestic chicken supply, our main challenge has been keeping up with the demand. Did you catch that? Coupled with general tightening in domestic chicken supply. Hmm. Suppliers are struggling, just as many in our industry are, to hire people to process chicken, thus placing unexpected pressure on the uh, amount of birds that can be processed and negatively affecting supply of all parts of the chicken in the U.S., not just the wings. (laughs) Both KFC and McDonald's now increased the, in their first quarter sales. KFC reported a 14% increase due to its new chicken sandwich. McDonald's attributed its success for exceeding expectations to a new chicken sandwich and line, of, but made no mention of demand restrictions. Restric- you know, I I remember when they came out with chicken nuggets, and I just can't stand them. <laughs> Pieces, parts, and just I can't stand them. But I had one boy that just loved the chicken nuggets. According to the second biggest poultry producer, Pilgrim's Pride Corp, the company's uh, CEO Fabio Sandri says the largest hurdle his company faces is labor. With the company expected to pay forty million dollars more this year than just a year to retain than last year to retain pay workers, you know. We live in a community here where it's Cargill with the turkey. And uh, it's it's a solid job, but it's not necessarily a fun job. Now, I never worked there. I never worked there, but I know many people who have and do. And and it's it's hard work. It's messy work <laughs> on certain places. And... Um, When you're, uh, maybe I should say it's a foul business, uh, you know, but it's, it is a foul foul business. And we know from where we are here, there is such thing as, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, not foul fuel. They have a flu that goes around that comes with the chickens and, uh, or the turkeys. So once you start the work there, you will end up sick within just a couple of weeks because you haven't been exposed to this. And once you've been there a while, you are immune to it. You uh, have a herd immunity. Sounds (laughs) like we need a vaccine for Chicken flu. I can't remember what they call it. Poultry flu, chicken flu. I can't remember what they call it. Somebody will probably give me a holler and tell me what it is. But I know for a fact that it... You know, it, it, it's work that's not necessarily pleasant, but it's solid. And it and it pays decent. Uh, and uh, so I don't know if they're making a cry out here for illegal aliens <laughs> to get in there, because we know we have a, a few of those maybe around here, too. Yeah, mostly done here in town by Hispanics, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it didn't used to be. No, it didn't. It didn't used to be. But um, it is, you know, something to keep an eye on. I know you can't hardly buy good chicken in the grocery store anymore i uh, i've 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 relented and i started buying the organic, which is higher if I buy chicken because you just can't buy decent chicken. it just doesn't taste good anymore, and it uh, tastes foul. <laughs> It doesn't taste good anymore. <laughs> Got to put enough wing sauce on it; you won't notice. <laughs> you know, my mother used to cut up the chicken, and and I never was very good at that. And I, I finally gave it up. And and my husband said, "We well, just buy the." He he only wanted the legs, and I and he likes the legs and the wings. and I only like the white meat. So we would just buy the parts, and you could get them in the great big packages. And I'd fry chicken up for the kids, and make chicken and gravy and, mush, and mashed potatoes and. Usually, they wanted corn with it, but you don't see that much anymore, and, uh, well, you can buy the chicken like that, but, I mean, my mom was, she took pride in how she cut up the chicken, and she had the wishbone and all that in it, and and uh, we had, you know, a little, a little uh, competition there, getting the wishbone, and uh, so it, it's a little concerning, it's just that, uh, where's all that chicken going? Where is that chicken? That they're having a shortage of chicken. Well, I like maybe it's because everybody came out of uh <laughs> out of their houses and decided they wanted fried chicken. <laughs> but uh you know, it used to be something that was uh a special deal if if we went and got a big old bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. And uh that was a lot of fun and if you had a picnic and you didn't have uh time to cook for it or you, it was a last minute thing, you'd you'd run and get a bucket of chicken. But anyway, we'll we'll kind of put that on the burner and kind of keep an eye on that because we know some of our chicken comes from someplace else other than right here, and maybe that's a cry for, (laughs) maybe that's a cry for foreign chickens. (laughs) Now, this week, Giuliani's place was raided, and we talked just a little bit about that. But I want you to think a little bit more about this. Giuliani, he knew that this was coming. And when the FBI came into his his house, as we mentioned yesterday, I think we mentioned it yesterday, mentioned it to somebody yesterday, (laughs) that they were surprised that there was no resistance. In fact, he was was helpful. Here, here's this, here's that, blah, blah, blah. Um, He didn't know they were coming then. But he knew about what they were after. Because they had already they had already taken things from the cloud that he had saved. Don't trust the cloud, my friends. I didn't think that was even possible. Well, apparently it is. It says when the federal agents raided Giuliani's Manhattan home early on Wednesday, they found a surprisingly cooperative target. Now, he tried to hand them, we mentioned this yesterday, he tried to hand them the laptop, the hard drive to the laptop for Hunter Biden. But they didn't take that. And he told them that there's some stuff on there that's going to prove that that the current president was involved in some felonious acts. We don't know what, but they were foreign matters with China. America is in a bad way when they go after, which they are, they're going after Giuliani for one reason and one reason only, political. It's a political attack. It was a political attack on President Trump. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. Maybe you're somebody that's on the line. Yeah, Trump did. eh. But I want you to think about what the Democrats did to President Donald Trump the entire time he was in the White House and his family and all those they have attacked that were connected with him. Did you see President Trump do that to anybody? Now, I'm asking honestly because I can't remember that he did. He suggested they should, that the DOJ should investigate, but it never happened. That's a huge disappointment. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back.
2: If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare,
0: Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe. All great writers And after reading your book Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health
3: insurance,
0: call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now.
2: 800-296-1213. 800-296-1213. 800-296-1213. That's 800-296-1213.
1: or buy one, get one free my MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special and enter promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com and the promo code is Bethann. Join Jason Shavitz Tuesday, May 4th for VK Foundation's 29th Annual Pro-Life Event. Jason is a former congressman and now a Fox News contributor. While serving as representative, Jason rose to chairman of the powerful House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. Only the fifth time in 100 years a three-term representative ascended to such a position. Jason is passionate about the value of life, and so is Vite. Vite's digital marketing strategies promote a culture of life while connecting women who are facing unplanned pregnancies with life-saving resources at local pregnancy help centers. Don't miss Jason Chavitz. May 4th, reserve your seat today for either the luncheon or the dinner event. Go to adsforlife.org. Join Jason Chavitz and the Vitae Foundation. May 4th, Jefferson City at the Capitol Plaza Hotel and Convention Center. Register now before the event sells out. adsforlife.org. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I watched something last night, and if you get a chance, I'm sure you can find it online, and it's encouraging. You know, I was discouraged here a couple of weeks ago when I watched the wise guys, and they had no answers. They had no answers as to how we were going to fight this communist regime that's in charge right now. Oh, Beth, that was strong language. Yeah, I, I know it was. But last night on Laura Ingram, she had a panel of. uh, I'm going to botch this really bad. She had a panel of governors, red state governors, Republican governors, who refused to shut their their states down. It was the Texas Governor Abbott. It was Florida Governor. It was Iowa Governor. It was the Mississippi Governor. And there was one other one. (laughs) I've lost, I've lost who it was. And they were talking about Nebraska. Nebraska, thank you. Sorry about that Nebraska. They were talking about what their state had done and where their state is now and with the jobs and the GDP and all that is going on there and the schools. Their children are ahead of the rest of the kids. You know, it's come out, they had, and I don't remember what state it was or what city it was, but these parents were having a meeting, they were going to, they're going after the school board because they're forcing these children to wear masks all day long. Children don't need to be wearing masks. I see little kids three, four years old in the store wearing a mask, and I'm thinking, take that kid's mask off. Oxygen's, you know, lower down there anyway. I know. <laughs> I think ma- it's the other way around, actually. <laughs> oh, is it the other way around. It's better down below. Oxygen. I thought Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me on air, Rudy. Anyway, what happened is is a telltale sign of the arrogance. Of the very people we elect to serve us. The board members walked out. They walked out of the meeting. They would have nothing to do with these parents. And then there was another place. I don't think it was the same place that they elected a new board. (laughs) We're holding a new election and they're, they're out and these guys are in. The arrogance. But that's what we saw Wednesday night in that meet in that uh so called I don't know what you would call what he did. State of the union. It wasn't really a State of the Union address. It was let's spend more money address. Let's say how bad America is an address. How long are you going to listen to how horrible you are? You know, as a parent, if you raise a child and you tell them they're bad all the time, they're going to probably grow up to be bad or so timid they never do anything because they're afraid to try. It's not the way. And America, we've had our times and we have people here that are less desirable. But as a nation, we are not. Systemically racist. And we are not bad. Well, if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough. They'll, yeah, yeah. they'll believe it. There you go. Well, it's a lie. So don't believe it. I've been, um, with with watching that last night with Laura Ingram and and these governors. And it was kind of comical because they like to brag on their states. But... When we see what's happened in the blue states, and not only that it has happened, but it continues to happen because they're wanting to mandate everyone in the United States to wear a mask. Biden keeps pushing it. It's like Daniel was talking about. Everybody there in Congress, everybody in that house has been vaccinated. That every one of them had to wear masks and stay six feet apart. Of course, the CDC came out and said three pizza. Okay. But no, it wasn't. Because they have to keep the hyperbole going. They have to keep the exaggeration going. They have to keep the crisis in front of you to scare you, to make fear in you so you'll do what they say. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of doing what they say. And I'm pretty much a compliant person. I I always tell my siblings, I I was the compliant child. (laughs) I got a brother who definitely wasn't. Rudy's met him. <laughs> he definitely wasn't the compliant. No, child. no, he wasn't. He <laughs> he, still he's isn't. still not a <laughs> compliant. Child. He's a marine. If that tells you anything. I started uh, CSC Talk Radio after I lost my my boss of fifteen years, and uh, everything was shut down. And I had to make a split decision, just like that. Financially, it was a bad decision. <laughs> but I believe it was a calling. I'm not here for hyperbole. I'm here for truth, with the facts, trying to put them together. And Monday will mark 10 years since that first show. Oh, wow, I was so nervous that first day. And typical of of radio, you never know what's going to happen. I had to rewrite all the commercials that weekend. And I had a helper, Kay. She was with me. And and uh, she was helping me. We were volunteering. Nobody could get paid. We had no money. Nobody, nobody's getting paid now. <laughs> Rudy's here out of the goodness of his heart. We have no money. But I hope we've done something right Ten years on Monday of trying to bring America home. I hope that I've encouraged some of you. I'm going to stick with it as long as I can. There's been a few bumps in the road and some here lately. But a good patriot doesn't doesn't let that rock stumble you every time. And we're not going to do that. So I'm going to ask you this weekend to think about CSE Talk Radio. Because <laughs> it's all about Beth, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I have a vision for rural America having its own radio network. But it's going to take a lot of people to pull it together and a lot of money. So pray about that. Not that you can give money. I'm not asking you to do that. But I'm asking you to pray about it as if, what, is it a good idea? Or is it just one of Beth's ideas? <laughs> that, that, that didn't come out right. <laughs> that sound good at all. <laughs> is it from heaven or is it just an idea? Or is it a good idea? You know, we've, in rural America, Even now, they'll talk about you, but you really don't have your own voice. And I'm not talking about ag markets. I'm talking about rural America voices. So think about that. Can CSC branch out and have Small Town Media USA? We've already got the web domain paid for. We don't have a website. We have a website that's just not published. <laughs> okay, we have some of that. I'm afraid to push the button. <laughs> we don't have a logo, we don't have anything and we don't have any money, but we have you and we have this nation and we have our God who is overall. And I really believe that together we will bring America home. home. Oh.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I ask you, what is the KQ? You know, the kosher question. Most Americans will spend their entire lifetime purchasing food from the supermarkets while having no idea that almost every packaged food product on the grocery shelves is certified kosher. Indeed, the kosher question encompasses not only food and religion, but also affects our economics, politics, and our identity. In an effort to promote awareness to the kosher question, developers have published an app for your smartphone that features a database of food products that have not been kosher certified. The kosher certified app has prominent advertisement on TPC's homepage, or you can check out its website at thekosherquestion.com. With this dustpool of politics getting even deeper these days, why not leave the swamp and start eating in favor of your own interests? Check out the kosherquestion.com today and download the app.
3: Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get certified, which is spelled with an S E H instead of just S H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S D H still make the sh- sh- sound as in all those American food producers saying, sh- 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 let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified? Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start meaning it. It's fun. NKC, not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com.